0: Thank you to the Patreon crew, you know who you are, James, got my back, Uh, Chris, you've got my back, and Daniel, always hitting home runs for Please Blow My Mind. If you're interested in supporting this podcast via Patreon, please consider donating a few bucks a month. Search Please Blow My Mind on patreon.com and you'll find, uh, yeah, me. All the money goes into the podcast, which is a good feature. Thanks everybody for blowing my mind by joining me. Hope you're well wherever you are in the world. See ya.
1: We can talk all we like about, well, you know, colonization caused the loss of our major assets, which is land, uh, our language, our culture, which are all valid. But we can't go back 150 years, 200 years and change what we can change and what we still have the uh, benefit of now is our IP. What can we do with our P and how can we t- uh, convert our IP, convert our, uh, our, our journey through life, uh, what we've navigated, good or bad, how can we turn that into a uh, a product, a service uh, that can sustain us you know, and we can get paid for it?
0: Hey, we're, we're here. We're doing it. Um, it I, I love the, these chats we have. I love that today we get to um, record our chat. We always have podcasts, me and you, but we just call <laughs> it meetings. Eh? We're, uh, That's right, bro. <laughs> we, we, you know, man, when you are um, traveling, what do you write on the boarding pass? And I think I may have asked you this, but, you know, for me, it's becoming harder to, to say what I am. You know, mm. I'm just someone who's interested in lots of different things. How, how is that for you, bro? What do you call yourself? <laughs> usually on that, uh, without, on that boarding pass questions,
1: I usually just put dad or husband. <laughs> because if you, put, yeah, if you put founder or CEO or, or executive, then they ask, oh, what? What's department? And you know exactly where is it? IT is it? Social enterprise? Mm. And we're and as an entrepreneur, really, you're you're a bit of everything.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, that's right. Yeah um it's funny because eh, we've talked before and you know you were entrepreneur you know way back at school yeah. and that's the thing mm. right like mm. when did it click for you bro that entrepreneur in the business sense is just someone with competency and a bit of um, hustle and grind to go out and do that when, when did you realize that oh this is a thing
1: to be honest bro it was way way later down the, the track for me mm. um obviously as, as a youngster you don't you're not exposed to rich dad, poor dad books and stuff like that. Well, definitely not in my circle. And <laughs> yeah, where I grew up in today, you, you don't really read books, uh, especially in my uh, – I'm just speaking from experience from where I grew up on Preston Road, Ōtara. Um So you're not exposed to a whole lot of uh, that sort of stuff. You don't know too much about what uh, jobs really entail, about, you know, as executive or as, as a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did know uh, once I started uh, – as an adult started applying for jobs and uh, started working, I started reading some of the job descriptions and I thought, I can do this, I can do that. And and, and it it just just dawned on me that uh, a lot of the the stuff in these professional job descriptions we did growing up, Mm. you know, and um, I didn't know what an innovator was, what an entrepreneur was, but uh, I knew that um, a lot of kids like me were quite savvy out on the street. We might not Mm. have been book smart at the time but we knew how to survive. Um, and so, you know, when you come through adversity, um, when you're confronted with adversity, you have to think on your feet. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if you, if you don't, the, the, the hard answer is you either die or you end up in prison. Um, so I had some of those moments where I would have died. And as I you know, explained in my previous podcast, uh, you know, attempting suicide at quite a young age, Uh, with a whole lot of built-up of of anger and and, and trauma. Um, But equally, I also wanted to to live. I I, I, I still found uh, solace in in, in the friends that I had um, around me. And, yeah, so at the Tuck Shop uh, Takaro College, all I remember is that because they used to pair me up with uh, these new kids that came from from the islands, and because I could... uh, converse and took a loan to Valuan and, and, and Samoan and and and, and that, uh, the teacher would generally uh, put them uh, with me mm-hmm. um, as their, like, translator. But so these guys would give me some of sharing some of their lunch and, and, and I was providing extra services like uh, security services for them. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, kind of being the go-to, you know, if, if, if um, you know, somebody wanted to have a crack at them. But, but even at the, the Tuck Shop, you know, offering all these different translation services, all these other uh, services, you know, some naughty services as well. Like, you know, uh, I'll, protect, I'll give you protection fee. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about the, the bad thing. I was just thinking about uh, survival and, and I think entrepreneurs. That's what entrepreneurship is, is about. Um, thinking into the, the game and trying to, you know, survive. And, and so I was making between 20 to 30 bucks. Uh, a day at the tuck shop, offering offering uh, a, a variety of different services uh, to people. Um, so yeah, um, but at the time I didn't see it as a as a skill. I didn't see it as a uh, a, a niche. Um, it, it wasn't until I was a lot older when I was trying to think. Well, I don't have any qualifications, uh, academic qualifications. I've been through four high schools, went back to Samoa. Didn't survive a week in, in one of the high schools there. Um, so I didn't have formal qualifications. But when I joined the police and saw a whole lot of uh, kids, young people and people like me that were getting into trouble and didn't have, uh, you know, uh, academic background, I just thought, man, the you know, we're pushing a lot of the academia, but we're not um, – Uh, teaching these guys, well, these guys have a lot of value in the expertise that they – the knowledge that they've acquired over years of living in the community uh, faced with a lot of crime, faced with a lot of, uh, you know, social uh, and economic disparities. Um, How do we streamline uh, those skill sets and turn it into uh, some sort of product or service where they're getting paid for it, you know? And and that's basically what – long story short, what I've done now. Um, but again, it wasn't until I was a lot older in life that I realised that um, there is a bit of a gap in the market uh, when it comes to, you know, packaging those uh, those skills. Um, because, it, uh, again, we're still looking at uh, your skill set has to be validated, uh, validated, it has to be accredited by a, an accredited provider and all this, this stuff. And um, I just see it just misses uh, a whole lot of, uh, there's a, still a huge gap in bridging that divide with, well, how do we get these people's skills converted so that they can get an accredited uh, um, qualification for it? So case in point, um, having gone through that myself, um, I'm just completing a 12,000-word a dissertation uh, at the moment, um, and that's my last assignment for my uh uh masters in business administration uh through the university of chichester in uh, the united kingdom Um, now there were seven assignments all up but i only needed to do three assignments all together because they've taken into account the skills that i've acquired uh, through years growing up in south Auckland uh, and the ideas that i've uh, I've converted into uh, projects um, award-winning apps you know award-winning leadership uh, and all the work I've done in the police and post-police. So they've converted all of those into accredited um, um, qualifications. So I didn't have to do the full raft of a year and a half or three-year study with the for my MBA. I just needed to do six months to complete my MBA. But that, I think, speaks power and volume to, to our uh, not just Paswika people but just uh, people in general that... Um, there are ways around it, um, and that's why we've created these uh, these courses. Which I'm blessed uh, uh, that you guys have, have come on board to to provide that awesome, uh, you know, training and facilitation around our ancient Polynesian breathing uh, techniques that have allowed us to be the greatest navigators across history for over three thousand years, um, and it allowed us to build, you know, state-of-the-art, um, you know, canoes uh that that are used today by all these fancy america's cup uh, yacht designers um so yeah so that's what we're doing both to try and, and and bridge that gap and and, and and connect what we're doing today fusing it with technology and the introduction of stem uh and through the telling of our stories um and initiatives like monava reading so
0: Mm, bro, I've got a few things to say one you're the best type of guest to have because you ask one question and then you go through the whole raft of ideas I love that I get to sit back and just be the audience two it's amazing that you've you know I guess this idea that you had to try and find validation by you know uh, you know getting other people to recognize things or join the police but it ended up being that you just had to leverage the skills you'd already learned and that it's it's always been about you and I guess that's one of the big messages that um I want to get across to people is that Yes, you can try and be the best person for others, but at the end of the day, you've got to be solid, you know? the yes. You're the one who cares the most about what's happening and what you love. So if you transfer that into those um, dollars and cents, that's awesome. You get to get the best of both worlds. You you harmonize with your own internal, you know? You you, you build your strength and you also provide because there's definitely been this idea of, you know, get the stable job, get one that, um, you know, just... That, that at least they pay you every week. And, and, and I guess what our ancestors, or maybe the, the recent ones, you know, the last few generations of, let's say, Pacific who came to New Zealand, uh, it maybe wasn't clear that if you trade in your happiness, that doesn't Mm. end up anywhere good so ray what Mm. we'll do is we'll go to a quick break and i want to come back on that topic about how do we balance uh, historical um, commitments with culture but also Mm. pushing that vessel forward right our ancestors Mm. kept going forward and we do too we need to so sometimes that's an uncomfortable um conversation with people to say look i hear you but the world's changing, and we're got to change with it. So, uh, and the other question I want to ask you as soon as we're back is: Why'd you have to go and study at a university in the UK? Why wouldn't MIT take you on and give you a yeah. full scholarship? Why wouldn't yeah. Auckland University? This yeah. is part of the problem, right? Yeah. Where you're more valuable to the rest of the world, yet the own people and where <coughs> the funding goes should. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come back yeah, into sure. that. Stay yeah. with us, team. Back with Ray. Okay, bro. So, uh, yeah, man, you laid it down for us. Let's pick up on a few of those points. Firstly, why, why do we have to go overseas? Why do you have to go speak in uh, America about Polynesian, um, you know, mastery when locally we don't talk hardly any time about it?
1: I think um, just a short answer is that is Is that we've, well, I've inherited our ancestors' uh, navigational uh, skills. Um, You know, a lot of us, when we come through the uh, across the first bump on the road, we tend to stop and say, "I can't do this. I can't do one." Maybe, you know, maybe I am supposed to just be comfortable with being a forklift driver and have my life and and pay at the at the hands and control of somebody else. Um, But then. So that, that, that seems to be the attitude that uh, we kind of tend to adopt here is that uh, we are pigeonholed. This, we're just meant to be in these roles. We're just meant to actually only reach this level of uh, education and we're only supposed to go for grants that's only for Pasifika. But then our ancestors, they covered every island across the South Pacific. They have touched everywhere across the Pacific Rim. Because they didn't have that uh, that attitude where you stop at the first bump in the road. If we stopped at the first bump in the road, we would never have reached New Zealand. <laughs> we would never reach Hawaii and every other island across the uh, the largest ocean mass uh, mass in the uh, in the world. Um, so we uh, through that uh, attitude. Um, I didn't see it as well stuff. New Zealand talk poppy syndrome. I saw it as well, this is an opportunity to explore, uh, you know, just how much ticker we have, uh, how big we can think, and I think because of all the trauma I've been through, um, you know, as a child sexual abuse survivor, attempted suicide, and getting into a whole lot of uh, crap when I was quite young, I just thought, well, if I can overcome those bumps and those hurdles, you know why can't I you know accept my uh, faith here in New Zealand and think well these guys don't want to fund me well I'm going to go to probably the richest country in the world and see what they they've got to say about our ideas and that's basically what I did I remember applying for all these grants you know to do uh, push out the uh, child sexual abuse awareness prevention education programs here to support our the the development of our IT uh, our my river at getting nowhere and took us like two three years applying for funding nothing and then went to san diego spoke at an event five weeks later we got over half a million dollars Hmm. and then i found out from that uh the same event that there's a 1.2 billion dollar social investment fund for the uh countries like the south pacific um where it's indigenously led. um Uh, initiatives especially those that are centered around stem so we thought after we got that contract we thought well you know we've got all our ngos over here fighting tooth and nail backstabbing each other and instead of working together like the 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 grant systems here is kind of designed to actually pit people against each other you know make people who are normally well you know you know good people but Mm. the. they're going around backstabbing each other, you know, to try and win the, the the contract. It's really testing and and bending the core values that make us, you know, as as a society. But we've got the, you know, these these criteria for, for grants that are that's not agile. Look what happened. Uh, case in point being uh, some of the distribution of, of, of grants uh, post COVID-19. Um, you know, and it's not a big um the providers that are getting the funding uh for all these emergency uh shelter emergency food uh, grants and stuff like that but this is the problem when you've got um grant criteria that's not agile that allows us to adapt to and forecast uh major uh situations like this COVID 19. um so now it's just the same old thing our people are queuing up at winds uh, people are queuing up for food grants. Uh, people are queuing up for for emergency shelter. You know, and that's why we we really try and uh, when we apply for grants, we try and avoid uh, grants that don't have that flexibility, don't have that agility, because we believe they have a, We believe people that establish those have never been entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs can survive the test of time, um, but people that tend to work. In the public sector, where they're always getting a, you know, they're guaranteed a salary, mm. um, they've never uh, been through the trenches. They they never knew what it's like, you know, they've got a team of HR people that can get in, you know, employment law experts to, to try and fix their crap. Um, but the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that you learn as you go. Um, and you're finding out uh, the true measure of your worth as and when you're actually uh, exploring uh, some of the trenches. And that's what happened in um, San Diego. San Diego wasn't – I didn't see the trip to San Diego as a likely uh, opportunity to get funding. I was just asked from Otago University professors there if I can jump on board. There there was a cohort of indigenous um, uh, leaders doing some awesome mahi around the the country, and one of the doctors there couldn't go. Um, So they asked me, and I said, well, what the hell am I going to talk about? And they said, well – Talk about your app because it was created by the community for the community, and and you guys have just gone on and done it. And it, it, it tells a story that um, our people can can uh, operate within the STEM uh, fields, uh, especially around IT. And so I did, yeah, and, and a lot of people liked it. And one of them in particular was a was a uh, professor from Washington DC. And she ran an organization called uh, Stop the Silence Child Sexual Abuse. And she delivers uh, this training uh, around every content. She's been doing it for the last over 20 years. And so she saw the benefit in our technology because it was by the community for the community. Uh, she saw the value in the data. Um, and technology was the, the biggest missing piece of the puzzle for them. Um, And so, yeah, she managed to secure some funding uh, of which we were the recipient and the rest is history. And yeah, yeah, so uh, that really opened my eyes up and and, and started. So when I tell my story, uh, my journey, when teaching things like business, uh, innovation, entrepreneurship as part of our courses uh, to students, I said, I didn't go to university to learn the things that I'm actually talking about, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship. These are all the things that I acquired when I was quite young. Um, and thinking on your feet, you know. And I say I use, a, a, even though I'm a white ribbon ambassador uh, against domestic violence, but a lot of the kids that I grew up with uh, are connected to the story around getting getting a twack, you know, getting your ear pulled, getting a smack on the bum or whatever, is, you know, some of us even worse. But I say, what what is it that you usually say when your mum starts pointing the finger with those puka eyes and starts yelling at you? If you don't think on your feet, you're gonna get us a, a twack, you know, across the head or something. So I was always one of those guys that always, um, you know, mumbling a whole lot of uh, crap to try and avoid getting in trouble with my mum and dad. But you had to think on your on your feet. So when it came to job applications and when I got shortlisted for jobs, you know, climbing up the ranks in, in the police. They were asking me a whole lot of stuff that I knew I was, you know, I, I I wasn't anticipating. But I just started drawing back on some of the, you know, the the stuff that I did uh, back in the day. So I couldn't speak English. I went through all these different high schools, but I managed to survive because I was always trying to think on my feet. Mm-hmm. And so if we're connecting back to all the COVID nineteen funding, um, you know, towards to all this emergency shelter and emergency food grants and stuff like that. That's why I think it's important for us to teach, uh, you know, with the, uh, the, the mentoring programs that we're teaching in schools that, you know, you guys are involved with, is that we're, we're teaching kids the value of money. We're teaching them the value of economics. And we're teaching them the value of, you know, what is capital? When, when you're looking at a startup, you know, most people see, well, you can't start any idea because you've you got to raise some capital to actually mm. start Look. But, but capital comes in, in, in a lot of different forms. Capital is also your IP, your intellectual uh, property. Uh, and so we can talk all we like about, well, you know, colonisation caused the loss of our major assets, which is land, uh, our language, our culture, which are all valid. But we can't go back 150 years, 200 years and change What we can change and what we still have the uh, benefit of now is our IP. What can we do with our IP and how can we uh, convert our IP, convert our uh, our, our journey through life, uh, what we've navigated, good or bad, how can we turn that into a a product, a service uh, that can sustain uh, us, you know, and we can get paid for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is... That is why we're teaching this program uh, across high schools, across um, uh, Auckland, because you can talk about suicide, domestic violence and colonisation all of that. But the, 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 the thing that I think will make the biggest difference in bridging the gap and equalising uh, the social disparity, economic uh, disparity, is being financially stable. Mm. And so how can you uh, turn... Uh, your experience
0: into an actual job and so Mm, beautiful brother well that's the question we go to the break and we come back and the question is how can you turn your experience into a job stay with us team back in just a second So, Ray, I'll, I'll, I'll balance this line with you because I know you've yep. spent many hours uh, building these courses out and I don't intend yep. to you know, ask you to give away that stuff. But here's the premise, bro. Uh, lots yep. of people watching up and down the country, Pacifica yep. Heritage. Uh, we have a variety of backgrounds, a variety of upbringings, a variety of situations. I do know that one of the gifts I was able to channel within myself is to... Find a hack to get attention and time from people like you, right? Mm. So, the podcast gave me that. So, there's mm. what I'm able to do is break that bubble and to look into other bubbles and to learn. Mm. And that is exactly what's happening when you come across the thousands of eyes now. Mm. So, my question, bro, is for people who are sitting there thinking, Oh, I just thought I was watching a podcast at 11 at night. No, mm-hmm. this is life, right? Where you mm-hmm. gotta, where it's timed perfectly, where luck happens and you get to hear and be inspired my question brother is if if people are asking themselves how do i turn my experience whether it be good bad or other into that income so i become in control so that i own me i'm not just servicing somebody else's future what would you say I'd say there's a lot of different platforms that you can
1: utilize uh, to do that, uh, which is what we teach in our program. Uh, So there are a lot of platforms out there that you can use, uh, which has thousands and thousands of uh, freelancers, uh, people like us, uh, because as technology is coming through, technology is changing at such a rapid pace. And I quote uh, one of the professors who presented at a, a health and well-being event that I, I, I spoke after him. But in his message, he, he spoke of the fact that um, that over 80% of the things that our students are studying today will no longer exist. i oh, sorry, over 80% of the jobs that they're studying for today will no longer exist within 10 years' time because technology is moving at such a rapid pace that if they're not studying what's ahead you know forecasting some of the uh, the job that they're going to do then we've got a problem and there's going to be a huge problem especially for those from vulnerable communities uh, our maori and pasifika and so that's why the focus of our our courses uh, our mentoring courses in in schools it's turning your adversity into opportunity so so we look at um, we ask the kids not what jobs they want to do when they're older we ask them, "What problem do you want to solve?" And I think that changes the the, the conversation from, "Okay, you either a nurse. Or, why why can't we ask the kids to think bigger? Why why do we have to actually uh, preempt jobs that kids are going to get into? That okay, come professional rugby player, doctor, and they're all you know awesome jobs. But why can't we? Why can't we make uh, kids believe that they can create jobs that can solve the biggest problems in the world? Why, why can't kids think that way? And so it's our job as mentors, uh, and like yourself as well, is to prepare them with the tools that gives them that confidence. Uh, there's no use saying, you know, be a police officer, you know, all wonderful careers as well. I enjoyed my time in the police. But we're teaching our kids to be bigger, dream bigger but also providing them with practical tools. So there are, um, you know, as soon as I, uh, you know, if I use the example again of uh, freelancers, there's a lot of awesome freelancers out there doing uh, a whole lot of uh, work for us. So it's saving me a whole lot of uh, costs uh, and and overheads of, you know, getting a whole lot of stuff. Um, And the other thing that we, we ask the kids, so the first one is we don't ask them what careers they want, we ask them what problems they want to solve. The other thing is what do you want to get out of your your career? Is it money? If it's money that you want, then our course is not the real course. If it's wealth in terms of your well being, then this is the course for us. Our course, business course is not building people to become rich. Hmm. That that is just a byproduct uh of how you look after your well being really because mm. our point of difference with a lot of business courses a lot of business courses just teach about money how you source, you know accounting and all that sort of stuff managing your books that's only a small part of our, our our business uh component of our course we are teaching our kids more about the well being because if the well being component is looked after then your mind and the innovation that ticks through your mind and entrepreneurship and, and different ways of navigating uh, the challenges, I think, becomes a lot clearer. Mm. And, and I think that that's, uh, we're not investing too much in, 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 in looking after our own well-being. And you mentioned it from the start. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there going out servicing other people's needs and you know and, and it's a bit like social media a lot of people just sitting around and on social media when their kids and their their wives and husbands or whatever just sitting around them and they're not even talking to each other but that's the way of the world at the moment is, mm. uh, is that we we're all investing so much time in other people that we're we're, we're not uh, investing enough uh, back into the the most important uh person and, and, and not to be selfish, but you do have to be selfish. Like you said, you do have to be selfish because what good are you, uh, Will, as a father if you're putting all this effort out into the world and you clock out tomorrow Mm. because of diabetes or you have a heart attack? Mm. So so spend a bit of time uh, on yourself. Um, If you love your children, if you love your wife, if you love life, you've got to. Have have time to go for a walk. You got to have mm-hmm. time uh, to yourself to do some breathing. You have got to have mm-hmm. time to yourself to do what it is that you you know you got to do. Uh, and there is no real right or or, or wrong answers. You know, it, it, everybody has has their own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that is quite common, um, and, and it's something that I use myself. And and thank you too, brother, for for providing some of those tips and training around the breathing. It's mm-hmm. It's something that doesn't cost money. You don't need technology, uh, for even though I know that uh, there's some developments coming for it. Yep. But it's 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 stuff that our ancestors have been using, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's just real simple uh, tools like that, you know. And, and I know there's a lot of marketing and uh, brand marketing and and push for all these fancy gadgets and stuff mm-hmm. that you need to overcome stress and breathing. The thing I like about your <laughs> breathing program. <laughs> Again, it's something that I always talk about, you know, um, money when it comes to money or economics. No money doesn't make everyone happy, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly right up there with oxygen. (laughs) You need it to survive. And and so if we look at it in that way, it it, it tells us straight away that we do need to listen to our breathing uh, because it, it leads
0: down to a whole lot of other uh health and physical um you know problems later on in life that's it bro and look we can we'll dive deep into this over over the time I'm, I'm aware that you have another kind of investor meeting coming soon so we'll go to a quick break and i just want to pick your brains on the pivot i saw from getting to know you over covid you know i made a point to reach out to people see how they're doing yeah. and you're interesting because you're always thinking and that's what i love about it that's why i want to do more with you because you give me the permission to be like no 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 no. the wrong way is to have a guaranteed thing we've got to be Mm. nimble and ready because that Mm. is that is actually where our pacific heritage Mm. thrived right Mm. if there was um challenging and changing in oceans and weathers Mm. and You had to be calm and you had to be collected Mm. and you had to pivot. And what I love, bro, is that these grand scales also work on the micro, what you're doing. You Mm. said to me, bro, you know what's important to me? I'm just going to work in my community. And Mm. I was like, that's genius because you get to be around home. You get to Mm. be with your kids. You get to look after your local community. And, yes. and, and you also are doing it in a way which you can share it with the world via the internet mm. and this is the difference everyone's like oh, if I could just make it to Auckland or Wellington or something like that I'll crack mm. it and it's yeah. like no you've just forgotten to, to offer service in your backyard so mm. uh, let's go a quick break and then we'll finish the segment just with you talking about you know the stuff you're doing in your local community stay with us team awesome Okay, Ray. We've got to get you out of here because you're—you've got a, a. We won't go into detail, but you're talking to someone in America again, and you know uh, it's so funny that you have these. You have to go offshore to yeah. find support. I mean, how silly is that, right? It should be the other way around, where yeah. overseas can't get in touch with you because you're so in demand here. But look, I understand it, and we are in a time where the pandemic showed us that we are not invincible right? The yeah. Western world built itself to be invincible. And yeah. as soon as a little, no, not a little, as soon as this thing came in, it shook yeah. the ship. And yeah. what I love is guess who's able to weather the storm. It's <laughs> the ones who are used to it and the yeah. ones who have it imprinted in their in, in yes. their mind. What changed for you, bro, when you thought I've got to go mm-hmm. local um, instead of you know just trying to operate at the grand scale?
1: look we, we, we've kind of always uh, operated uh, online anyway. Uh, mm. It's just that uh, as part of our services um, we offer training and workshops around uh, how to engage uh, communities mm. um, and building um, strong uh, teams so mm. around wellbeing, uh, professional development programs. so we so as part of our, our work we travel quite a bit uh, overseas. Um, you know, doing this. So we were in Argentina last year. We were in Chicago, San Diego, Honolulu, um, I think Brisbane over the last year, uh, and then uh, what do you call it? um, Qatar, Qatar over in the Middle East in February, just before the COVID nineteen uh, thing really ramped up. Wow! And so we were scheduled also to be in um, Italy in September. Right now, actually, we're supposed to be there for two weeks running a few uh, workshops and doing uh, some keynote speaking there uh, at an event. But then obviously COVID-19 hit and it changed everything. Uh, It changed our schedule for the the rest of the year because part of our our work with America was traveling to the Pacific and South Asia and parts of uh, Africa to deliver uh, some of our programs around child sexual abuse. Our -hmm. our, uh, part was around embedding the My technology into those uh, different countries uh, to streamline the referral process. Um, but then COVID-19 hit, and so everything kind of turned up on its head. But that period also came uh, became the, uh, the most busiest period for us because uh, we started working with South Seas Healthcare. They, uh, they brought us on to deliver some of the IT component. So they started using our My River South Health kiosk so we had these uh, our massive branded uh, Mai River kiosks sitting at the, the GPs. also just launched um, their virtual consultation, their community virtual consultation. So it allows the GPs from the area to remotely uh, work with uh, their clients who are mainly Māori and Pasifika. Um, but it meant that uh, those without means of transport um, access to getting there can just do it remotely via uh, their devices from home Mm. so but then at the same time we thought well because i can't go and deliver my workshops training workshops overseas i'll just invest back here because the other thing i saw well because of my one i couldn't travel and auckland had their 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 lockdown their second lockdown i couldn't go and do my my river work over there well and then i just thought well i'll just share my knowledge and expertise with uh, the young kids uh, because there's a lot of work um, going on to support post-COVID-19 efforts for adults, people that have been laid off, but not very much has been done to prepare uh, our young kids. You know, and a lot of students, especially Māori and Pasifika students, are handing in their notices to the schools to say, look, I've got a I've got to leave because mum and dad have lost jobs. Mm. Um, I've got to go find a job to to help them. Um, and it's and it's kind of really ramping up. So we get the desperation there, but it's also, you know, quite timely that we introduce a program like entrepreneurship and emerging economies where we get the kids to say, well, yes, it's good. You've got to get a job and stuff like this, but have this on the back burner because there might be another COVID-19 that comes in. We can't just keep clocking up from, from our studies and our pursuit to better ourselves because because of this. Um, so, we do have to invest a bit of time in ourselves um, to try and forecast some of the, the, the challenges that come, you know, that, that, that's going to be uh, coming through. There's going to be a lot, especially for our young kids, but we're trying to prepare them uh, for that by turning it into an opportunity. So, I sent. Um, and this is the thing about entrepreneurship. I hadn't created the modules for all these uh, other courses for stress management, uh, emotional intelligence, and business entrepreneurship. I just knew it off the cuff because I, I just do it. And we had we had other modules. Uh, but I thought, well, at the moment, the environment, there's a demand for it. There's a demand for stress management in the workplace and in schools. There's a demand for emotional intelligence. How do we leverage what we know to actually, um, you know, cope and, and enhance our well-being? And then, obviously, the business innovation one. Um, so I, I sent some 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 emails out to 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 the schools, and I just thought, well, this was part of my SWOT analysis, and my you know, trying to understand what the what the market was. And I had a few bites, and then those uh, few bites led to a few things, and then other uh, investors come on board. I um, says, "Hey, we're interested." I had the, my former employers come on board. So, hey, um, can we jump on and we find the money for you to mm-hmm. to, to deliver our components? Can we jump on? And then, um, and then I thought, well, now I'm getting but now I'm getting some money. Now I've got the money to develop the the, the modules and develop the, the content. Um, but I I now need some facilitators because the demand is a lot bigger than just me and I don't have the capacity. And so that's where you guys came on board. Um, and and that's what uh, led to the interest from Florida. We had uh, been having discussions with Florida the last two weeks and I've got a discussion today at one o'clock with uh, San Diego. Um, so they got a, a bit of funding and part of the funding is uh, these are the town planners. They, they design, basically design things Around uh, movements of people, um, to ensure that people move around okay, uh, but, but also to avoid any issues in terms of crime and stuff like that. So my background with the police is I am certified around crime prevention through environmental design, and mm. so this person that's what he does as a, a, a as a profession. And so they looked at what we're doing with the program. We saw it on LinkedIn and social media, and basically is asked if I could help uh, design and implement um, a similar program over there. But again, entrepreneurship, you don't have to have all the answers straight away. Sometimes mm. it's part of your research, it's a research, but you'll find the rest of the answers uh, as and when you're going through. And that's why I think is one of the big challenges with some of the grants, is they—they—they they, they, you have to itemize every expense in your budget when you're doing a proposal. And... And the issue I see with that is it doesn't allow for, for innovation. It doesn't allow for changes and, mm. and being able to uh, shift with with the times and shift with the new challenges and mm. opportunities that, that, that come through. So I think um, that's why we, we prefer to go overseas and get funding from overseas because they give us a lot more money, but they see us as the experts. So if there's going to be changes, they want to learn from how we adapt to those changes. Wherefore, over here if you can't provide in your budget and protect everything because you're supposed to be um, you know have a crystal ball um, then you won't get the funding and, and you end up spending what weeks and weeks of you know of putting together a grant for only five thousand but they expect you to do and sometimes that that five thousand it probably cost the administrator five thousand just to just to put that, that proposal together. So if you're a, a small organisation, a small business or, or a small charitable organisation or not-for-profit that's trying to do their best to service the needs of our, um, our, of our, you know, impacted communities, you know, that's it's not sustainable. And that's why you see a lot of uh, health and social workers, frontline workers, even our workers uh, working for, you know, the, the health boards and that. There's a lot of burnout. Um, and so that's why we, we believe getting yourself into business where you learn as you go make those mistakes and also find out uh, your true worth in there. Mm. You know, it's really changed the game for me because I used to travel quite a lot in the police, you know, trying to save the world, but my wife was struggling at home. You know mm. trying to watch our, our kids we had, you right. know uh, babies That's and right. and my kids were also struggling you know my uh, the half of my my third girl um she's now five but she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes my wife mm. was trying to manage that on her own while i was mm. out trying to save the world in the south pacific you know trying to teach the police officers there about this and that um but now with being able to take control of my own career and and work full-time as a a consultant delivering these uh, training to 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 people at schools in the workplaces and also putting them online so that people can can learn at their own pace Mm. it's allowed me the the flexibility to be able to um, go to the not miss any of my kids key milestones you know birthdays and so, Mm -hmm. so little things like that um and that's why i think it's important that we ask the kids not only, one, what problem you want to solve instead of what career you want to get into, we also, two, equally important, we ask them what do you want to get out of your career as opposed to how much money you want to get in your career. Because if it's your well-being, and for me, my why is my well-being and the well-being of my my, my children, mm. that meant that naturally the stuff I started implementing at... Um, to support that uh, that vision, just fell into place. So, so yeah. So I'm a lot more happier. My health is a lot better. My kids, uh, you know, their reading is getting a lot better. Their health is getting a lot better. And my relationship with my wife is a lot better, um, especially now because I'm 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 home full time. You know, my my job is flexible around my kids. Uh, my wife has to travel. Into Auckland for for work, and, and it's quite a busy work. So now, you know, just little things like that that you can do to actually, you know, in the long run, if, if it's money that you you want, if, if if it's money that you want to invest in, uh, you want to achieve, then my recommendation is that you look into your well-being first, fix those things first,
0: and then the money side of things, uh, will fall into place. Absolutely, bro. Look, I love it because. You're one of the only community leaders I hear talk at the front of things. Everything's at the end, eh? Mm. It's like, we'll only open up the funding when things are in chaos. Yes. Well, hold on a minute, you know? Hold on a minute. you got to think mm. up here. Like, mm. one of the interesting observations I've seen, and I started the Manava breathing during COVID, is there's just about no resource for me, mm. Uh, and, and and i mean there is resource but it's in the realm of mm. out, everything outside of money you know yes. it's like we'll spend time with you it's like yeah but that doesn't you know that doesn't pay for things mm. so my thinking is oh it's still at this bottom of the cliff mentality but here's what i love bro you you push it right out the front and i'm a supporter of that and because that's where my mind is at you know mm. like you just keep being owned by people if you need to hand out hand out hand out and i'm not saying that's wrong but i'm saying it's like a balance it yes. can't be 90 10 it's got to be yes. more equal there's those of us who and and i know neurology uh, also is exactly what you said you're half prepared nature brings us out to this world half prepared so it gives us all of the instincts to fight fear and calm and joy and love but there is a requirement for society to give us the other 50% the love yes. the nurture and yes. i think this is where we we're wrong when we think we have to have 100% cuz we're just lying if we say you have got to have yes. 100% clarity and yeah. you know look at any corporation they get 100% yeah. clarity but yeah. they kill everything along the way yeah. cuz you got to stamp over everything else you know so right bro we're going to wrap it here ray where can people follow if they want to follow the journey or or get some mentoring from you
1: uh, yeah, so you can uh, check us out on our Facebook page, ankthompsonlimited.com, or you can also visit us on our LinkedIn uh, social media pages. Uh, we also have our Instagram or our website. Check our website out, uh as well. Uh, or pop us an email, and we also uh, schedule free uh, Q&As. Uh, so check us out, and, yeah, we'll be more than happy to to support you. Uh, we've been doing these Q and A's with our Kiwi Daddies uh, the last two weeks. Um, so usually get a group of guys who have a whole bunch of questions about anything and everything. Uh, might be well-being in that. It might be around startups. Uh, it might be around grants, uh, applications. But uh, yeah, just hit us up and we'll try and schedule a time together. And um, we're a lot more better uh, moving forward if we all work together. Oh, yeah. Rather than uh, knitting away at each other, backstabbing each other, and, <laughs> and, and, and 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 introducing mature Poppy syndrome, which uh, which seems to be quite uh, prevalent in New Zealand at the moment, but uh, oh, yeah. we're a lot better together. And and just uh, just some words of encouragement as well as I might have mentioned it before. But um, you know, with those who are going through hard times at the moment, um, just remember that uh, quote that I mentioned uh, by Rita. And that is that. Not every storm comes to destroy your your life. Some come to uh, clear your path. And so, just want to leave you with that. But um, well, brother, thank you very much, man. Uh, appreciate your time, and and I appreciate your thinking as well, especially in light of uh, trying to push forward uh, the innovation from our uh, from our Basifika ancestors. Uh, thank you very much, brother. You
0: have a good one. Sweet, bro. All right, go make us some money in America. See you soon. <laughs> we'll do, mate. Cheers, See you, bro. Bye.